And welcome to Football 360 Show. Welcome to the Football 360 Show. Welcome to the Football 360 Show. <clears throat> I'm your host, JP Rock. I guess we're live. We live, Joe. Just a thumbs up. We're good. Okay. I'm going to keep talking. Enjoy my beautiful face. If you can't hear me, I think I hear myself a little bit. Maybe it's my headphones a little bit. We're doing it live. This is proof we're doing it live. Being off to such an inauspicious start. I am your host, JP Rock. He is the co-host, Matt Beerman. Matt, how you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. We're going live. First time doing First it live. First time so live, as we, as we can tell, as we can see. Great start so far. You can uh, follow us at Football 360 Show on X and at Football 360 Show on Instagram. Instagram, yep. As well. So hopefully we're, we're running a little bit behind. So a little technical difficulties here, running a little bit behind. So, you know, hang in there with us. Uh, we're amateurs. Just, just trying to live in a professional world. Amen. <laughs> Episode four coming at you live. Like I said, you want to tell a little bit about yourself for all the folks who who missed the very first launch show. Yeah, I'm Matt Beerman. I'm uh, owner and, and president of Elite Football Elite Performance Academy, uh, based in Chesterfield, Missouri. I've uh, been coaching and in, in, in the footballs, but a you know, big part of my life for thirty plus years. I'm, I guess almost forty years. Uh, 40 years yeah. But yeah it's been a long you know I'm, I'm in the training development space i've been recruiting and, and helping kids get recruited train develop uh coach um coach on every level right? coach on every level and uh you know had a pretty good run as a, as a uh, skill development uh, business that we started in 1999 and then have grown that and we're really some one of the pioneers of what we now know as football skill development uh, training. Right. And then uh, we grew it into performance training and we have a, a wide variety of services that we offer at our facility. And we really, we train kids from all around the, all around the country. We've had kids come in from Germany, Canada, Mexico. We've had guys from really all over uh, come and train and develop with us. So uh, I really love the fact that we're the, uh, you know, really one of the main, uh, training hubs in the Midwest. So we get to see kids uh, develop from young ages, from uh, five, six, seven, eight, when they're getting in their flag football and just learning skill development. We also have them, uh, you know, develop through and do their skill work. And then, and then obviously we partner with guys like yourself to help them get to the next level in college. And, you know, we have a wide variety of, uh, of development options for training, but then also exposure options as you get older up the chain. And then, you know, we get involved in NFA, NFL pro day training, um, you know, combine training. Do it all. Do it all and, yeah. and have done it all. Yep. So, yeah, I am JP Rock. I've been doing this about 20 years. I've worked in media. I've been a scout, a recruiting analyst, media working for Fox Sports Midwest, scout.com, multiple uh, prep web websites, currently director of scouting, flower scouting, uh, contributor to Prep Red Zone, rankings editor, the whole the whole works. So between the two of us, you're right. We have about 40 years plus. Yeah, 
experience a lot of experience and uh, we've learned a lot along the way, right? It's just one of those things that uh, being in the world of football, sometimes people see the the flashy, the games or the, or the highlights online and right. we're uh, intimately involved in, in the behind the scenes, which I think a lot of, a lot of people think that's intriguing. And I think that hopefully we can uh, give you some insight into uh, the behind the scenes and how thing how the bread's really baked in and and you know at all levels of the game in football and right you know I, we have a, a wide variety of of insight and really the driving force behind it is to help the kids help kids fulfill their dreams you know re- live up to their potential and and go where they're trying to go yeah on, their, I, on their journey and what's interesting you know we're just four episodes in now and the feedback we're getting from uh, parents is, is is really outstanding parents but, players. Yeah, it's and we got some college coaches that have uh, have reached out, and uh, I, I think it's pretty cool that uh, the parents and the kids are using it as a resource to get questions answered and and uh, hear some some different viewpoints than maybe what they're getting. Because sometimes you feel like you're everybody else is getting an offer. Why am I not getting an offer? Why are they getting exposed? You know, exposure, and I'm not, and um, you know, different phases in, in, in the recruiting process. I mean, obviously that's a lot of it is the recruiting process. Um, and we, we are really focused on, you know, giving people the straight answers, maybe not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, in fact, I was, uh, I was have, I was having a conversation right before you showed up and we were talking about that, about a young man who already has a D one offer and you know, the, the parents are, are concerned that his recruitment's not, you know, really taking off. And so my response was, he's right where he needs to be. You know, he's he's just a junior, already has a D1 offer. Schools know about him. He's doing what he needs to do. He's not only putting in the work, and we talked in a previous episode mm-hmm. about building. You have to build. You can't just show up and do the work. you got to go above and beyond and build something of yourself and build to where you want to go. And Correct. so that's that's happening. So, yeah, we'll, we're going to discuss about that. We talk about a lot of that stuff. We talk about recruiting. We talk about the high school football. We talk about the college football. Um, we talk about development and training. And so all that stuff is going to be coming up for you guys. First, though, I don't want to keep them hanging too long. We have a guest, our very first guest on the Football 360 show. Since he's he's there, I don't want to keep him waiting too long. Dayton Hopkins from Herman, Missouri. Dayton, good to see you. Hey, good to see you, too. Thanks for joining us. Good to see yeah, you. No problem. So talk about timely. So right before we went on the air, I saw a tweet from you that you just picked up uh, yet another offer. Yep. KU. KU. So before we get into your congratulations. Offers, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. But Thank you. Talk, talk about somebody who's exploding on the scene. And it's really not all of a sudden because you've put in that work. You've trained and we're going to talk about that. But go ahead and tell everybody about yourself, your position, your, so, play, your height, your weight. I'm 6'6", 205, um, from Herman, Missouri. Um, I have been training at Elite for a while now, probably for, I probably want to say five-ish months. I don't it was probably, probably closer to a year, only it was like last off-season, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is what that's, what, that's what I remember. Uh yeah. A question for you, though. Um, when you started training, what was the primary reason you trained um, when you start training? So it was – I just wanted to get better at my position. So the summer, my freshman summer, going to be sophomore, I wanted to be a baseball catcher. So um, I was training for that. 
And then I kind of realized I couldn't do that because of how tall I got. And <laughs> you're pretty tall. Six, six yeah. You're one of the biggest catchers I've seen. Yeah. And um, so I just went to Elite and started training for D line and I'm here now. Right. So. so so talk a little bit about what's been happening with you lately as far as all of a sudden people are taking notice of you. Walk us through who you're hearing from, who you have offers from. So I got a great start to my season and kind of posted that, posted the midseason highlights. And I started hearing from, um, right now I'm hearing from Minnesota, Mizzou, um, uh, who else? You, you have three offers now. Yep. Um, KU, K-State, and Iowa State. So, um, off. Were, so were you surprised at the attention that you've gotten and the, and the early offers? Yes, very surprised. I thought it'd take a little bit longer, but it was. So did you have fear, right? You're not in like the, at the biggest high school, you know, you're in a great program. Um, but did you have some fear going, going, or going into it that maybe you might not get the exposure you, you want or thought you, need, you would deserve? Uh, yes, I did. I thought being from a small town, it'd be a lot harder to be noticed. So I just went to like a ton of college camps and eventually I got noticed. So. Well, you know, here's the thing. First time you walk in the door, I see you. You're training with Mike Gant, one of our, our coaches. And uh, it's pretty obvious to see your your stature and how you're built, right? You have, you're long, right? And a lot of coaches, you can't coach, you know, length on athletes. And But but it's one thing to be tall. It's another thing to move well, but also have the the mannerisms and, and be able to move as, as you should at, at that position, right? So um, it's not – very shocking to me. It's like one of those things where especially when you see someone that's bigger when they're younger, that it just takes time, right? So like being patient, understanding that it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the opportunity if you keep working at it, right? So what what's your thought process now that you've had those offers and, and you're starting to gain traction? Is your mindset like, hey, I've made it? Or is it like, oh, I'm doubling down? No. So um, I'm like my mindset's still like keep going, keep working. Um, obviously, once the season gets over, I'm gonna get right back to elite, keep training, keep hitting the weight room, and yeah, like I'm. I want to get a lot of offers. That's the goal. Yeah, that that's great. And JP, I, I think last week we talked a lot about uh, sequencing and highlight films. And well, yep. you know, can you share with anybody you know, with the, with the other you know athletes your age or parents listening? What was your strategy doing your highlight film? Did you did you just go week to week, or did you put your best plays up front? What what how'd you how'd you lay that out? So um, I would just do week to week. I would post um, every week, like on my Twitter, and like and then like at the fourth week, I post my uh, week one through four highlights, like all together as one. So yeah, that's really what I've been doing. Perfect. So did you, did you tag anybody in particular? Did you, did you use that to tag people in the hopes of maybe getting some retweets, help get and help them help you get uh, noticed? Um, no, not really. I mean, tag head football coach, my head football coach, um, uh, big Mike, my trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you obviously, there you go. That, that's the answer I was looking for. <laughs> well, well, that's, but that's a, that's part of the strategy too, because yes. uh, you retweet a ton, Absolutely. we retweet a yep. ton, and and you look at who's following your, your respective account and ours. 
to think that those are not being seen by guys that get paid for a living to recruit kids and coach kids oh. is, is, is silly because it's just part of that network, right? It's, and, and right. you know, our network's relative to guys that are looking at football players, right? Absolutely. And, and his coaches. So just kind of walk us through, I know you got your Iowa state offer first, correct? Mm-hmm. So you went up there for a game day visit and that's when you learned about your offer. Yep. So go ahead. I went, up, I went up there. Um, I was kind of thinking that I'd get one. I wasn't too sure though, because mm-hmm. like, I mean, we've been talking for a little bit, but um, yeah, it was a great game. Um, it was actually before the game that I got the offer. So yeah, it was, it was a great time up there. And then your second one was Kansas state. Your thoughts on that one? Um, it was, so the D line coach actually came down to, uh, my high school to see me and we had a good conversation and that's where he told me that he was going to offer me. And if Kansas state offers somebody, KU is usually not that far behind Yeah, since they're in close competition. And what did the Jayhawks have to say? Um, so I was talking with the wide receivers coach and he was just telling me, he was telling me about their program, telling me like they liked what they saw in me and yeah, that he was going to offer us or offer me. And yeah. And so other schools that you're hearing from primarily, um, Hearing a lot from Minnesota, Mizzou, um, Iowa a little bit. Um, just went up there on a game day. Um, yeah, those those mainly. Mainly. And, and other game day visits. Did you say that you took a game day visit to Mizzou or you're planning to? Uh, I already did. You already did? Okay. Yep. And I'm going to Nebraska on the 21st and Notre Dame on the 28th. Did you? Well, you said you did summer camps. Did, what what summer camps did you do? Out of curiosity. So I went to KU, Nebraska, Mizzou, and then I went to uh, the Lindenwood, the mega camp. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's that. Obviously, that's an opportunity. Every school you mentioned that you're interested in or have offers from was at that camp, right? Mm-hmm. And they do their homework, right? Uh, yeah. you know, Minnesota is one that has their entire staff there. I think K-State probably yes. did too as yep. well. So, and Iowa State is always uh, a, a big, big participant in that. So I think that's really interesting. So uh, preparing and then getting to a spot where you actually get to be seen early in the summer and you're ready to go can pay off, right? And little do you know that just a few months later, you're going to be getting offers from those coaches. So All right, absolutely. Impressive. And, and like the, the first camp that you went to was actually a combine. And that was back in March of, the, of this year earlier. And that was, it was it was good. I like the league football combine, right? Yeah, the kind of a coming out point, yeah, right? It, it was. And so, so did that help you to come into the elite combine? Did that help you help prepare you for the for the camps that you went to later on? Yeah. So going there, um, me and my mom were kind of talking about it. Um, I wanted to see like kind of like how I was ranked against like other athletes who want the same thing that I do. And so going to that first camp. Like it really helped me out a lot. Yeah. And and you actually had some scheduling difficulties. So you were doing baseball practice. If I remember right, mm-hmm. uh, you were talking to me about showing up to the camp. And so you, you were worried about ba- baseball practice and, but you managed to show up to the combine and now here we are now. Yep. 
So yeah, it was, I think it was that's a good important decision, too right? because all that stuff in the spring gets slammed real close, and it oh, puts absolutely. a lot of stress on the athlete and the families. And and uh, you know, it t- makes you make tough choices, right? But I think communication with your coaches, and and especially when your primary sport is football. I mean, obviously, you still had your dreams of being a catcher, right? But yeah. <laughs> but but you know, it's one of those things where like you obviously have to make some of those hard decisions. And uh, you know, when when you're built like you are, and you move like you do, and, and you play like you do, I think. The, the the signs start pointing towards like, hey, this thing's a reality, right? Mm-hmm. And you have you come from an athletic family, right? Yes, mom played volleyball at Nebraska, and dad was a safety at Nebraska. Oh, there you go. That's a pretty yeah. good. That's a pretty good start on an athletic career. So, are they excited yeah. about the visit in Nebraska? I would imagine. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. pretty excited. Right, but they're going to let you decide where you want to go. Mm-hmm. They're not going to recruit you to Nebraska. Being a yeah. loss. So real quick, before we let you go, tell us about your season. And and one thing on on top of that, you've surprised me with your ability to catch the ball as a tight end. And I'm not sure how much film you've seen of them this season as a tight end. Unbelievable. Just, just natural receiver skills at six, six. Yep. So, um, the season has been off to a great start, had a great first game against Montgomery and, uh, yeah, things really just took off from there. Like, I I have four sacks right now, um, but a couple tackle for losses, I think, fumble recovery. Um, I'm not sure how many tackles I have, but, yeah, everything's been going really good so far, and I'm hoping to keep that up. What is What has impressed me is your receiving numbers. I mean, you're closing on like 500 yards last time I checked. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. So are schools looking at you as a tight end or D end or both? Um, Mizzou is looking at me as a tight end. Okay. And I get the impression that you would prefer to play with your hand down and, and rush the quarterback. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that's, <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, Travis Kelsey's dating, uh, Oh, must Swift, be, right? Must I mean, be. you get get all the the glory with the tight end they, position. They, didn't now. Want, they didn't want to hear about yeah, that. Right. Right, <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I will say that, you know, you, what you're talking about JP is, you showing that ability as a tight end, that whether you want to play it, oh, yeah. and show that all that athletic ability just speaks volumes to what they can translate and put you on the defensive side. So, you know, we talked a few weeks ago, some of the best defensive linemen I've ever been around can throw a football extremely well. It's because they're athletic. They can also catch throw it. Phone, football, yeah. basketball. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot. It goes hand in hand. So, I mean, I'm sure your team loves having that you know big target, but also at the same time, it's also helping you just showcase your athleticism. Mm-hmm. All right, Dan, we appreciate you joining us. And I'm sure we're going to be talking to you down the line as the offers start to pile up and, and your season goes along. Who do you got next for a game? Uh, Nebraska, 21st. No, your, your high school game. Oh, high school game. Um, yeah. We have St. Clair. St. Clair. All right. Well, good Very luck. Nice. Good luck. Good luck on Friday. Yeah. And we'll talk to you down the line. Congratulations That's on good. Kansas. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. What what a great kid. Mom, awesome. great, great family, great kid. You love to see good things happen to a kid like that because he is doing everything the right way. And I remember talking to him and his mom at Elite mm-hmm. and and they were unsure. They were unsure. Is this is this for him? And they wanted to know my opinion on what I thought. And I said, he is going to be a dude. He's gonna be a dude. Yeah. He's gonna be, yeah. You can tell. Oh. And here's the other thing. We didn't touch on it. How far is his drive from Herman to Chesterfield? It's a shot. It, that's a commitment. Like, you're not just doing that for fun, right? You're right. coming on a mission. And I think that that's what's really, really unique. Uh, if you want it, 
you can go find it and do it. And if you want to make excuses, you can make excuses, right? We have plenty of people that live within five miles of us that have aspirations of being uh, whatever type of athlete that just don't yeah. put in the work. And you have other people. I mean, there was we had kids in this weekend on Sunday from Springfield, Illinois. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Was yeah. one of them Kellen Wilson? He was not in this he weekend. Yeah, way. but he comes yeah. in quite often. And, and, and he's, I mean, it's a long, it's a long drive. It is a long drive, but it, it absolutely is about you wanting to do it. And I tell kids all the time, you know, there's a lot of good athletes out there. It's how bad do you want it? Yep. What are you willing to put in to to get to that point? And Dayton obviously has been doing that. And man, just just like what a great young man. What I mean, a he work, man. He's a worker. He doesn't come in and talk about no. it. He just comes and works which is greatly appreciated yep. as a coach. And he's been building. He's yep. one of those dudes that, that has been building from the first time that I saw him in there where he was just a little bit, you know, just in awe of everything because he he trains with a lot of D1 mm -hmm. players and prospects. So well, too, can you imagine that frame when he fills out? Uh, I mean, he is. I'm sure college coaches are drooling because, I mean, he is he is every bit of 6'6". Absolutely. I mean, he He's going to be one of the most heavy, uh, heavily recruited kids yeah. in yeah. in his class, in the state, if not the country. Mm -hmm. you know, yep. when, when big things done. ahead for him. Absolutely. Hey, Wentys in Chesterfield, Missouri Valley is a proud sponsor of the Football 360 show, Work Hard, Play Hard. Wentys is family-owned and operated. Known for our pizza, wings, and live entertainment. You can have a great time, and it's good inside or outside on the heated patio with fall and winter weather on the way. Wendy's it has carryout and online ordering available for great food and a great time. Head to Wendy's, 18,000 Chesterfield Airport Road, Chesterfield, Missouri. And tell them you heard about them on the Football 360 Show. And if you're interested in advertising on the Football 360 Show, Definitely reach out to us. Reach out to Megs at football360show.com, and she will be happy to help you out so that you can go ahead and uh, have your name associated with this fine product that we're trying to provide to everybody right now. Yeah, I think that's that, that's part of the deal. Like Wentys is is a great supporter of what we're doing, and uh, I passed a great play. I, I passed the uh, Wentys on the on my way in tonight from coming from the facility parking lot packed full, right yeah right. full just great so it's awesome to see good. and uh you know they support local companies local local community efforts and and i, I think you know, part of what we're doing local is football yeah. trying to teach and, and educate and i think that you know th them supporting that and helping us out doing what we're doing is is huge and we appreciate them definitely very much so so yeah so a lot of stuff going on uh before we get rolling even more though i want to go ahead and give our socials out you want to go ahead and, and give yours so on Instagram, it's uh, Elite Football Academy. And then on uh, Twitter, it's just Elite Football. So those are the two main ones. I don't have uh, my own personal stuff. I just, it's all. You're all about the, all about it, the yeah, Elite. I mean, it's all about Elite. And, uh, and, and then really, if you look, the focus is on our athletes. Like at the end of the day, that's what we're, we're here to do is promote them and do the best we can and, and uh, support their mission. Right. You can find me at JP Rock MO on Twitter or X. I'm going to be calling it, I'm going to be calling it Twitter, just like I call a certain place in Maryland Heights Riverport still. So I'm going to be calling it Twitter. So on X or Twitter, you can find me at JP Rock MO on Instagram, JP Rock Scouts U, the letter U, and Football 360 Show on both X and Instagram. Follow us there. So hopefully, uh, you have found us and, and you're checking us out live. If not, hopefully you can catch us on the YouTube channel, which is the football 360 show as well. So the season 
one of the things we're going to talk about is how fast it's going by. Too fast. It's too fast. It's crazy. We're already at week six in high school and week five or six in college football. Yeah. I mean, it's flying. I mean, yeah, you're looking at just a few weeks ago, we're talking preseason. Oh, and, crazy. And, and now it's live games and 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 we're on, we're, we're heading into a pivotal time because we're going to have a lot of teams starting to have buy, you know, a few weeks, they'll start having buys. Yep. And trying to rest their bodies for their last run of the season. Yeah. And once you once you see that, it's you know we're heading towards bowl season, right? And in high school, we're we're starting the playoffs yeah. and just 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 what three weeks, yeah, three weeks times. A it, lot of great games still to play though. Very very good games. A lot of good games on tap this weekend, and there was a lot the last few weekends. And uh, it starts to get a lot more serious though. I mean these 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 games count. Every game in high school counts. Heck, I'm coaching junior football. Every game in junior football counts. I oh. mean, you, I always talk about it. Like you only like in that particular age group. Like our league is eight games. That's all you get, right? There's no extras. It's just eight games, and uh, they count and they and they 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 matter, right? And I think it's such a unique. That's the one thing about football. Not to you know, you know, take anything away from any other game. The, the limited nature of the sport and how many games it's a, such a small season right um, over a good chunk of time but small number of games it's just really nothing else like it and I think that's what every game matters and um, and they're games that you will remember the, the high school guys remember the rest of their lives right how fun is that trying to instill that into what do you uh, what do you what do you coach in seventh graders seventh graders, graders yeah graders? Oh, it's so much fun I mean it, the intensity level is, is there most of the time, but, but they're still young young boys growing, and so sometimes they don't concentrate as well as they should. But, you know, I think instilling the love of the game is the most important thing. Obviously, teaching them to compete is, is another thing and play to their fullest potential is, is just as important. Right. And, uh, yeah, just it's really cool because then yeah, that's the next stage. Before you know it, they're, they're high schoolers. I mean, you mentioned two weeks ago – or last week that you have you have lists of kids down to twenty twenty nine, which is that's sixth grade, 20, probably twenty thirty. Twenty thirty, yeah. Yeah, which is sixth grade. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh I think people find that hard to believe, but it's not hard to believe because that's the next phase rolling in. And and you know, oddly enough, I got NFL scouts that I talk to on a fairly regular basis. They are asking for questions about guys on our on our seven on seven teams. Doesn't They're asking about kids that come in and train. Hey, who's the next guy? Right. So they're starting to map these guys out. Doesn't surprise me at all. I, NFL scouts will reach out to somebody like me because they're looking for the next guy on the high school or middle school level. That's how competitive it is. That's how much everybody wants to get that edge mm -hmm. and try to try to find guys. So what advice would you give to somebody who's just say you're a new football parent, your kid's going to play middle school football. They haven't played football before. So I think starting young. Uh, if you're going to go young, I mean, I know people start in kindergarten and, and real young, you know, the challenge I've seen over the years with that is just the, the coaching has to be so spot on with that age and the motive of the coach has to be so spot on that you can scare kids off really easily. So what I've seen work the best in my experience is flag football, make them believe they're football players, let them get the experience, have fun with it. Mm. They start getting that fifth grade you know, sixth grade. Learn time, the sport you know, a little more. Yeah, learn some, have some basic skills of catching, taking handoffs, breaking down to pull flags, and then let that matriculate up into the uh, tackle game, which, you know, in the middle school, we're, we have, we're really fortunate to have some really good middle school leagues, and there's also some select leagues still in town. 
but but getting with a good coach and 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 having a, a good experience and not really worrying about like where you are, right? Because so many people get you know caught up on the position they're playing today. Oh yeah, right. My one of my best stories about that is there's a, a kid who I used to get emails from his dad, and it was uh, always talking about getting him, bringing him in, and, and the dad, the, the young man was a lineman. And the dad, uh, his dad was a big guy, and the kid was not a big guy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, got mom's jeans. And he, and he, the kid was a fast kid, but the, yeah. the team played him at a line. You know, he played yep. for a junior team, and then he gets to high school, and he's now a receiver and defensive back. And one night he was sitting in my office. He's, you know, he's like, we used to always come in here, try to come in for like lineman training because that's where they played me, but I never wanted to be that. I always thought I was going to be something different. It was Cam Brown who played at CBC that went to Ohio State, who's now, I think, with the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Big-time cornerback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his senior year was he won the Ill Speed, which was the uh, Under Armour fastest man in the country competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he started at lineman. It did not detract him. He still loved the game, but he had aspirations to play more. And guess what? He did a great job with it. Right. Absolutely. And what's so funny about that is we were talking earlier with Data and Hopkins about the elite football combine. Cam Brown came to the elite football combine as I think an eighth grader, eighth grader, freshman in high school. Yeah. And, and you know what, that's probably where he started realizing like, Hey, I am really fast. Like it's one thing to think you're fast. It's right. another thing to show up and run fast Without and start doubt. to see where you shake out versus the other athletes. Right. And that's what Dayton was talking about is you want to see where you are compared to the other guys. And the Elite Football Combine, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later on, we might have an announcement coming up here soon as to a date in the Yeah, we're going to be uh, March. It looks like oh, is, it, is it set? It looks like it's going to be March looks 6th. Like or we Mar- March 16th is not 100%, but that's okay. what the date that we've settled in on pretty much. Okay. And so, uh, you know, we're going to be talking more about that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a great way for you and I always tell kids when it would, it's about the combine, I always tell them, look, you want to come in, you want to find out where you're at as a player, where you're at as an athlete. That's what's so invaluable about the elite combine. So, uh, something Dayton said that I found interesting is he wanted to compete and see where he fit. There's a lot of people that don't want to compete and see where they fit, right? Cause they get through because someone buys off on them, gives them a few early offers or something like that. Those guys that don't want to compete, typically they're hiding something, right? right? And at some point you can't, you're going to get exposed. So you might as well do it when you're going to do it. Right. And, and be in an environment where you can learn. We do offer kids the opportunity to scratch scores so they don't see the you know, light of day. And I think that's really important in the process. It is. But, um, you know, I think, but, but I do think like, you know, we jump from middle school talking middle school to high school that jump is really fast, right? So dig, have fun playing football in middle school. Have fun in high school. But if you have a goal of playing above and beyond, I always tell kids, like, look, at the end of the day, when you graduate, you have four years in high school. They don't let you do any redos. There's no right. red shirting. There's no going back. No. It is what it is. And even if they want you to stay there and play, you can't. So you have to prepare yourself for the moment in time where you're no longer a member of that team. You got to be the best member you can be at that time. I always say the best teammate is the most prepared teammate, right? Absolutely. Because, yes, you have to buy into every team concept, but where it falls down is if you're not as good as you could be, right, and you're not meeting your potential. So, you know, there is that struggle between, you know, being coached by guys that aren't associated with your program. But I think we've found over the years of, you know, 20-plus years of doing it that 
you know, we don't want everyone to get pitted against a coach and say, well, they told me to do it this way. A, you're going to hear lots of ways as you go through football uh, being taught how to do different things. You're going to hear many different voices from many different coaches the deeper you get in the game. To think there's one voice is is probably, uh, you know, selling it real short. That's just not the way it works. Right. You want to bring your best you into the team concept Correct. in the offseason. So speaking of the league combine, joining us right now, we have Mason Burke from Holt, Wentzville Holt High School. Mason, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. We were just talking about the elite uh, football combine, as I'm sure you heard, and you were uh, you were a two-time participant, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So your thoughts on that real quick before we get uh, to why you're here. I think that the combine really helped me go perform better at some of the other camps that I would go to in the summer just to get pre like more prepared for learn how to do all the agility drills and things like that, and even the one-on-ones and stuff like that. And yours is an interesting story because tell everybody about about your your journey from and Holt from uh, when you first started. You started out at a different position to where you're at right now. Yeah, my first my freshman sophomore year, I was kind of playing running back mostly. I didn't play D line till last year. I didn't and I didn't really play. I didn't start anywhere until my junior year, but I was also really stuck on being a running back for some reason, but. I remember seeing you come in and catching passes a lot. And I used to think, man, he's a big running he's back. He's a big dude, right. Right? <laughs> but it speaks to your athleticism. And and you're not just a big guy that played running back. I don't doubt that you couldn't get some serious yardage. He did, yeah. I mean, yeah. serious yardage. He did, yeah. And so talk about that transition going from running back to defensive line. Yeah, so starting my junior year, we lost a lot of guys from our previous year, which we had a really successful year. But – they, I was playing outside linebacker on defense, and they put me down at D-line. And I had played D-line before, like middle school types and that kind of stuff. But I still played running back too, but I was mostly focused on D-line after that because after I played a couple games, I kind of enjoyed it more, like, more. And I was really focused on that more than anything else. But I was still just playing running back, obviously just to help the team out any way I could. But then I just really started getting focused more on D-line and the more like the technique of it, how to actually be a good uh, D-lineman. Yeah, you also kind of outgrew the position as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, my after, well, I guess this offseason, I really put on a lot of weight kind of for those college coaches to see, like, that I can still be athletic as even though I put on, like, 40, 50 pounds, I can still run as fast, move as well. It's also just show how athletic I can be at the position. And that did open up a lot of college uh, coaches' eyes, and, and you, you were recruited pretty heavily and were committed to Missouri State. I mean, I'm sorry, Murray State Yeah. Uh, for a little bit. That changed last week, and now you today you announced that you are? Going to Lindenwood. Yep. You, yep. you changed your commitment. You're committed to, to Lindenwood. Yeah. Congratulations with that. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So, so why, why did you decide to choose Lindenwood? Well, Murray had always been really good to me. They were the first school to come and offer me, but I don't. I kind of been waiting for Lindenwood as a school. I was always had a big interest in, and they kind of waited a while to come, come actually offer me. And then they came and they actually came to watch my teammate Quinn play, and then they saw me play as well. And they kind of came and wanted to come get both of us. So that's kind of how that worked out in the end. But I chose them purely just because of obviously Coach Stugard is great. It's one of the best people I've been around through the whole recruiting process and just their whole, everything they're building there is something that I really wanted to be a part of. So, it's and obviously it helps that Quinn is going there too. 
Yeah. And it's close to home. It just seemed like the perfect fit for me. I'm pretty sure we echoed those comments about the program last <laughs> week. And right. you just repeat, literally repeated yeah. first class co- head coach. Yeah. Uh, I said, I think I said so we talked is. about being a gold mine because yeah. it's close. It's close, right? It's far enough away from home, but it's close, right? So your parents get to see you and your family and friends. But just an awesome campus. And they are building. And I think it's a really unique time to be, uh, you know, for Division One football in St. Louis, right? We've never had it, so right. and you're you're part of that that journey. And did the Linwood coaches tell you where they see you fitting into the program, what position, and how they're going to use you? Yeah, they said they want to play more as a, a D tackle in college, just because of how much size I put on. But still, I they still said there would be some times I can play some end, but mostly more playing defensive tackle. Right, you're you're still a growing boy. Oh yeah. Right. Do they do they project you as to like how big they want you to get to play D tackle? They never really talked about that much, but they definitely want to put some more weight, good weight on me, and just see me get, I guess, way bigger and stronger than I already am, and just keep building me up as I progress. What do you weigh right now? Uh, right now I'm weighing like two seventy. He's about six four, two seventy one. Yeah. Was what you were at the combine when you competed. Yeah. And he's you're still pretty lean. At oh, yeah. 271. Yeah. So you have a, you have a frame. You could be a 290, 300 pounder. Yeah. You like the prospects of that? Yeah, I think that'd be great. That'd be a great, great position for you. So yeah. you you mentioned your teammate Quinn Brown. Uh, you guys, did he recruit you heavily? Because I know he just committed recently to Lindenwood as well. Did you guys talk about it much going to the same school? Yeah, we we always like kind of wanted to go to the same school, but as like the whole process was going, it wasn't wasn't really working out with who, where he was getting offers, where I was getting offers. But Linda had always been talking to us both for the longest time. And then finally, once they came and saw us play a couple of Fridays ago, they finally decided they want both of us to be there. And they came after us pretty heavy after that. So that's unique, too, that what you, what you bring up, too. I think a lot of kids don't understand some of that process because – they're communicating with you because they've seen you at the mega camp. They've seen you in, um, they've seen your results from combines. They've seen you in game film. They've talked to your coaches about you. And a lot of times it just takes that personal interaction to see you live. And I mean, I've sat on sidelines with college coaches and it's like, yep, okay, we're doing it. Like, so it's just, it's a validation process, right? So sometimes it's frustrating on your end because you're saying, Hey man, I've shown you everything you need to see. Watch my film. But a lot of times believing, you know, seeing it on a film, on a Twitter screen or, or a computer screen is a lot different than being there at the sideline level and watching you compete. I think that goes a long way. Right. I think that was a big part of how it all worked out for both me and Quinn. Did you know they were there? Yeah, I did. Well, did that make you play a little harder? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe, right. Yeah, right? It, that's exciting, right? right. You know, college yeah. coaches yeah. there to see you. I mean, that's yeah. it's not – they're not there to see everybody on the field. I can tell you that. Right. But, you know? but like he said, uh, in the beginning, they came primarily to see Quinn yep. and then they, they recognized Ball your out. talent. And that's yeah. how, that's so much how recruiting happens is coaches will show up to see one player and then they fall in love with this other guy. They say, Hey, who's that guy? And so that, that's how that happens. So yeah. family and, and everybody pretty happy with your decision. Yeah. I think everybody is pretty, everybody's happy with my first decision, but honestly, it wasn't, it didn't feel like the best thing for me at the time, but it's kind of like it was the best thing, but it, for me it didn't feel like it. But then once they came around, I think everybody was a little more happy with my decision. So was I. And so now this is your. This is it, one hundred percent. This is for sure. It. Yeah. This is home. 
Yep. So I see, I see you have a much tighter haircut at one point yeah. in time. He would come in with his buddy Dalton Hosick, who's a baseball player. Oh, yeah. And uh, he would he would uh, play catch. You know, he's a good friend. I mean, catch countless balls for him. I mean, mm-hmm. but I will tell you, that's when I knew you were a high level athlete. I knew you were a D one guy. You the could hair. just see how you catch. <laughs> oh yeah, the hair would flow. Yeah. No, but the, how, how you uh, body control. Yes. And if you go back, I mean, we talked with Dayton about we're talking we're talking about athletic being athletic, and that's what these guys are doing. And I and I. I Talk last week about do you fit the mold, right? Do the athletes fit the mold of what these coaches are looking for? And and, and it comes down to projectability of your skill sets. Do you have to be a guy that's had eight years of starting a defensive line to play? No, no. they're looking for athletes that they can put into spots and let them be athletes. And I think that's the beauty of football. Um, one position may be honing you for another. And I think, Without you know, question. you're a prime example. I mean – all those days catching balls, are you going to catch a ton of balls? You may catch one or two in college, or, you know, you know on, on screens or whatever it might be where you, where you where you sniff it out. But at the end of the day, like you are in a position now because you're athletic and you did little extra things on the side than that flash on film and coaches love it. Well, Mason, congratulations again. And thank you so much for joining us on the Football 360 show. And I uh, look forward to seeing you. I'll be seeing you in a game here coming up here pretty soon. I won't say which one. I like to surprise everybody when I'm on the sidelines. But uh, we'll, I'll be seeing you soon, and uh, good luck the rest of the year. Congratulations. You're welcome. Such a, an- another great young man that, that we've become familiar with from watching him play and him coming to the combine, yeah. coming into training. Tell you what, he's had some uh, – I didn't bring it up. He's had a couple rushes in the facility, like we're going head-to-head with guys where they get a – you know, just – competitors right oh, going yeah. against other top oh, guys yeah. yeah and he wants to he wants to he wants to show you who who the top guy is and i think those are the guys that make it to the next level there's no, it's not a secret how it happens what yes he has size and he put worked his butt off to get it but he's athletic and he also has a competitive drive he's one of those guys you can see that he wants it just like you said he wants to show you he's the man yeah, he's hard-nosed he's a hard-nosed guy and i'm telling you what i 100% agree with what Lennon was going to do. He's going to be a 290 pound monster yeah. at defensive yep. tackle who can, you know, just, you know, shoot gaps and, and make plays and, and, you know, the whole, the whole works. And you're absolutely right. People don't understand whatever you can do to be seen, whatever you can do athletically to be seen, right? Like you said about throwing the football or catching the balls. Mm-hmm. That all goes in. That's all part of the process to help you with your recruitment. Hundred percent. So never feel that you're. Oh, why would I do that? Oh, I'm not going to mess with that. Why would I bother with that? You know, it's, yep. it's it's the totality of everything that you do. It is the sport of athletes. It absolutely. It is a hundred percent the sport of athletes. Absolutely, not six six catchers. No, you know? <laughs> no, not at all. There's not that. So uh, good stuff from from Mason there, and and. You know, we're going to talk a little bit of, of college football. Linwood doing a great job uh, with yeah. recruiting with, you know, Quinn Brown, with Mason, with Pops Battle, Demetrius Jones. They're, you know, they're making some great inroads. I saw a bunch of their coaches were really active last night on oh, Twitter yeah. with, you know, making connections with athletes on, on via the phone and communicating. Um, you know, again, I think they're probably not where they want to be results wise on the field, but that that takes time. You're in that, that incubation period going from D2, you know, to D1. That's a big jump. 
Right. Very big jump. I got to tell you what, though, last week they were loaded with local talent coming for game day visits. And I'm talking about guys like Hoyt Gregory, who has a, a, you know, D1 offer from a Florida school. You know, Sam Boydston was there. Dakari Hollis, who had a monster game I was at on Friday, was was there. Yep. So. I think I mentioned last week, I said, there is a list of kids that I know that I've just had conversation with them and their parents that Lindenwood's at the top of the list. And if they get offered by him and I think oh, yeah. it's interesting, you know, Mason just talked about that. He was waiting and he got it and they took it. So usually when you see someone fast commit like that, mm-hmm. that's when you know you're at the right place and you know, it's a great fit, right? It's an easy sell once you get on their campus. I mean, it's, it's a really good Great school, great facilities, and, really and, and led by a, a group of men that are, are quality human beings that you want your, your son to play for. Without question. And you can always tell if you see somebody who's committed someplace and an offer comes into them, and then all of a sudden they reopen their commitment, you know what's coming. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's coming down the line. Change is on the way. But like I was saying, you know, besides Boydston and Gregory and Hollis, I mean, they had like half of, of DeSmet's mm-hmm. offensive line, 6-0 DeSmet's mm-hmm. offensive line was there. And you're right. There are kids who have told me that's their dream school if they get offered. And it's like, hmm, interesting. I think, too, a lot of that goes back to obviously they're, all the things they have to offer. But but that mega camp is a huge, oh. uh, huge um Draw. Draw. And it's such a big thing for the football community in the Midwest. Obviously, the kids selfishly in St. Louis get get the best uh, view of it because it's close in their backyard. Right. But it, it's it's a really – it's a, a program-defining camp that helps so many kids, not just kids they're going to recruit. Right. And I think it's just a really good thing. And we'll, obviously, we'll talk more about the mega camp, um, you know, as we get closer. But – it's it's really such a neat environment, and I can't you know be more excited to be a part of it because it is it is awesome. It's amazing. It's a great tool for them, and it's a great tool for all the colleges in the area. And I mean, mm-hmm. you have schools come from Texas, from, from all over the country, UCLA, and, Oregon, UCLA, Oregon, and it and it is the best Oregon State. Yeah, yeah I remember. Mm-hmm. And, and it is the best one in the Midwest. Yep. There are fewer and fewer. It seems to me this past couple of years, fewer and fewer mega camps. And I don't know whether that had to do with COVID or what, but, you know, don't want to, don't want to miss out on that. Absolutely not at all. So yeah, good for them. You know, recruiting's picking up for them. Uh, since we're talking college football, did you get a chance to see any of the Mizzou game? I did. Um, I got to see uh, the way my schedule has been working. I get to watch a little bit and then I have to watch the end, you know, I get I to watch you. it. And, uh, but I, I do because I am a little, crazy when I watch games I love to rewind and all that so right. and, and watch and, and, and really pay attention to what's going on especially offensively right and uh, just a signature win you know uh, Brady Cook um, awesome Man. awesome awesome having himself a year and it's I'm just so excited for him he's such a good kid and I know we've, we've talked about him numerous times already on the show but you know what, there's a reason for that yeah and, and it's not to, it's not because it's the end vogue hot thing to do no. No. Um, you know I've had the privilege of, of working with him since he's been a little boy. I think I think when he was eight is when we started. And uh, I was actually did an interview today. I had a post dispatch called me. They're doing a piece on him, and they asked me a few questions. And and I, I will tell you, like you know, so people want to ask about like getting into training with your kids and all that. There's a right way, and there's good motives um, of why you want to do it. Because if it's just to be better and get get more confidence in yourself and learn and kind of see where it goes. 
that's really the right way to do it. Pushing someone into, uh, into it, especially when they're young and they don't want to do it, I've seen that be a disaster. You know, I've, I've told people personally, like, hey, your son's in the wrong position, or maybe this isn't for them at this time. And it's just as simple as that because you don't want to lose them, right? But Brady's a kid that out. got in yeah. um, when he was young, played a bunch of different sports, right? He was playing basketball. He was playing baseball. But football was obviously a passion. But he trained pretty consistently through that time all the way through high school, and he still trains to this day. Um, but he's, he's a guy that, you know, his parents supported him the entire time the right way. And, you know, their, their perspective on it is, is it's hard to sit there and watch all the criticism sometime, but I'm sure they're, they're, they're enjoying, um, you know, seeing him play the way we knew he could and the, 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 the Brady he is. Not a lot of criticism this year. Not a lot going on right now when you're five and oh, when you are among the top five, I believe passers, uh, rated passers in the nation. This, yeah. this week after the game, 395 yards, four touchdowns. Yep. And know. he now holds a record, right, in the SEC for most consecutive passes without, without an interception. interception, which is which is huge. Huge. Which, you know, and watching him over the years when he was a freshman in high school, you could see where he would try to force the ball a little bit. Yep. You know, that's that's that young quarterback when you think you got a big arm is. and you yeah. wanna, you want to oh, and he did it in. He, he did, right. And so he would do it. But to go from that, because you'd watch him and you'd be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Boom. But now to have that record right now is 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 awesome. So Brady Cook doing great. The other guys we talk about, Luther Burden, Luther Burden, Theo Weiss, uh, um, Marcus Johnson. Mm-hmm. They have three wide receivers now for him to throw to. Yeah. Huge. Which to is, have that. Yeah, which I think is a big secret to his success this year. He's got more. Uh, yeah. He's got Mookie Cooper catching consistently throughout the game. Young um, Brett Norfleet from uh, Francis Howell. Yep. So you know, he's got options. Yeah, he does. And I got to tell you, and nobody knows it better than you. That makes you a much better quarterback. Oh my gosh! I mean, yeah, you have to have people be able to catch the ball, right? Yeah. And then that's the one thing that's always tough with high school quarterbacks because they struggle because you can't. You know, a lot of times you don't, you can't control who your receivers are, so they're not recruiting them. And uh, no kids, kids, kids will say, "Really? Oh my gosh! I, 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 I mean, what do I do? I had five drops last week, and yeah. you know." So it's kind of that thing where you show the highlight and cut it off, right, just to show the ball placement. Right. Because, you know, they're not recruiting the guy that's, you know, catching the ball. Right. They're, they're, and they're college coaches you. take that into they, consideration. Yeah, they got to they gotta see that. I mean, they're not recruiting you and the receiver. It's right. Typically yourself. You're right. You know, so talk about that a little bit, what goes into what college coaches look for in, in a quarterback. They're, they're oh. not looking for necessarily, you know, your receivers catching the ball. Listen, oh. that your your mechanics, your athleticism, just just discuss that. So, a so bit. the aesthetics of a quarterback play much larger role than people understand. Um, you know, like the, the aesthetics, meaning in their drops, how smooth they are with their mechanics. Um, are they hitching when they don't need to hitch? Does the ball come out fast when it needs to come out fast? Are they able to evade, move, throw off platform, throw move to the right, throw to their left? Are they guys that just chuck the ball deep every single time? Right, right. Can they throw balls in intermediate? Just having a the middle for of the an arm is not enough. No, and I think that's that, that we go back to the highlight films. Like if you're a quarterback, don't go putting every play being a deep ball, right? They, right. they need to see can you throw a slant? Can you are you how how do you throw in, in quick game? Can you, make you look all like in the zone read? Yeah. Right. And are you able to lock in and make the throws that they're going to require you to make? You know, and I, I think a good thing is is maybe your offense doesn't fit their offense. But knowing the style of throws that they that they have, right? 
and, and, and placing your film and making it as close to that as you can to show them that you fit that mold of what they're looking for. But mechanics play a huge component. I mean, I'll get in my soapbox a little bit right now. It's tough as a, as a high school quarterback because there's not a ton of room for, for them in, the, in, the, in, their, in their space, but there's also this new trend of Instagram style throws, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I pride myself. I have, you know, three, four other quarterback coaches I work with at our facility and we're biomechanically based, right? This is things that we know that work that are tried and true. They've translated in the NFL. They've translated in the college level. They translated in the high school level. Um, you know, consistently we have guys playing at the division one level. We have guys that play in the NFL, um, you know, disproportionately probably to our, to our population. Um, and watching those guys throw their pure throwers, right? Are they perfect? No, but they have good solid mechanics that are repeatable. The Instagram style throws These guys are trying to repeat what they see Patrick Mahomes doing. They're trying to train that into oh, yeah. kids. And what I've always told people is when, you know, our quarterbacks is when you're, when you're running a play and say it's a three step or a quick game or, or, or you're rolling out, those are, you're supposed to throw on time and on schedule to where you're supposed to put the ball, right? When it breaks down, the play breaks down and you move out of the pocket, that's when you become an athlete, right? Yes. Those are throws nine times out of 10. We're not able to even replicate. I mean, it's, it's the old adage of, you know, like they did tons of research on, on all the little fast footwork uh, ladder drills. Like they've done numerous scientific studies and there's zero translation to sport, right? You're memorizing a, a pattern. Well, that doesn't usually translate to the game, right? So in a throwing mechanic, you, you can work a three-step and throw because that is a pattern. That is something that you're going to repeat in the game exactly the way you're doing it. Once you get off schedule and you start to move around in the pocket, it's very hard to recreate every single one of those. So you have guys teaching kids how to throw sidearm when reality <clears> – <throat> Those are the types of things that college coaches that I've spoken with tell kids to run for the hills, right? Like, like right. I do. Like, like well-known coaches have told me, not a good idea. Stay away it's from that. It's one hundred percent not a good idea. And in yeah. fact, I've seen some some quarterbacks who are, you know, they have college offers, and and I've seen them over the years, and some who've committed, and some who are in college or made it to college, oh. but they could have went to a bigger school, yeah. but man, they fell in love with that sidearm. Oh, it's, that it's, Mahomes it's, is popularized. Yeah, and Mahomes is doing that when he's checking stuff down, and this, and, you know, and, and he runs a little bit differently than most guys. But you know, you look at Tom Brady. These guys will use Tom Brady as a as an example when he's warming up. If you look, a lot of their stuff is like videos of guys screwing around warming up. Yeah, they're gonna throw from different arm, arm right. angles, right? If someone's in their face; they're gonna scoot it around them. That is a different level of adaption. That is not the mechanic off of a, off of a drop. The vast majority of throws should be coming off of a drop, a catch, turn, throw, whether that's quick game, whether it's a drop, uh, you know, a design drop or play action. You, you have to get your feet up underneath your body and throw, right? There's there's biomechanics that lead to true throws, right? And so, how do you correct something if you don't even if you can't repeat? to begin with, right? You can't, you're not going to see that scenario ever again. How do you correct it? So I, I use like Isaiah Williams is probably one of the greatest examples, unbelievable athlete, right? But he trained himself and got himself to be an unbelievable quarterback. And I used to always tell him 
he didn't like to even leave the pocket till he had to at the last second. I used to always tell him, like, people have zero idea. They they see all the electric runs. It's all the throws you're making that people have zero comprehension because they're so fixated on the throws that you are compartmentalized. You're an unbelievable athlete, but you're an unbelievable quarterback, right? And, you know, he got to college and he played, and then yep. they, they moved him, right, because they needed to and they had a change in staff. And, you know, he's, his size is you – know, he's not a, a gigantic guy, but I think he'll end up getting drafted as a receiver. Probably, yeah, just an electric player. Uh, with yeah. the ball in his hands, you know, he, yeah. he can catch the ball in that. And then, like I said, you know, you're six, four, six, five, dude. Why would you handicap yourself by trying to throw sidearm? So uh, years ago, I'll, I'll name one kid. I won't name the other. Uh, Mike Glass. Okay. Yep. Probably one of the strongest arms. And that's saying a lot. We've trained a lot of individuals. He plays in CF, the yep. CFL right now. And Mike's not a big guy. No, I think. Five ten and a half, five eleven, six foot on a good day. I think he might tell you on a good day. Yeah. Uh, so I showed him there was a, a, a gentleman that was recruiting. He and another guy, and the other guy was six five. And so when Mike went to throw, his his mechanic is in line with his body. So I I superimposed both guys standing in the same spot throwing, and the guy that was six five's arms out here, well below where Mike's was, and Mike's releasing up here, right? Yeah. So the other guy got moved to tight end when he got to college. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike, uh, you know, progressed through the game, started at Eastern Michigan. Uh, it really got kind of short end of the stick when it came to COVID, when it was his year to come out to go to the NFL. Yep. And uh, But he's ground. He's just grounded out. Now he's up playing in, you know, playing in the CFL. CFL. Yeah. So awesome guy. Uh, he, he also can throw the ball about 75 yards, right. which is unreal uh we clocked him at 63 miles per hour in our facility Crazy. that that's rare that is, that is high end so just describe to people how you're handicapping yourself if you're six five oh. or six six and you're throwing from this part of your body well one one if you just think about how the body to. works it, it works in a linear fashion mm -hmm. so like if you extend your arm and the body get your arm gets away from your body mm -hmm. there's far less control Right. I always tell like the younger kids, like how we teach the concept is like a tree. If you grab a limb on the outside, it's very weak. If you grab a tree limb on the edge, right? If you grab it on the base near the trunk, it's very stable, right? So the closer you are to the middle of the body where it's producing force, right? It's a lateral move. It's a, it's a uh, vertical movement, not out to the side. So as, as we teach these guys how to generate force out of the ground, the primary focus is getting the, the the energy to stay in that same line and then sending it out to the target. So these guys that let their arm drop, A, they lose valuable, you know, distance and leverage on the ball, but they're, they're disconnecting the energy. Then they swing through, which then affects accuracy, a whole host of other reasons, right? So everything we teach is going to be focused on uh, failure modes. When it goes high, you want to know why it went high. When it goes low, we, when we miss, we want to miss on a on a straight line on the on the, on the on the target. We don't want to miss left or right. High and low is acceptable, right? Because the receiver can go up and get it, or go down and get it. Left and right is how you get picked off. So exactly. if you watch our quarterbacks, by and large, you have some very accurate high school quarterbacks, very accurate junior junior high quarterbacks. And colleges as well. I mean, very accurate. Right. Unless you're Uncle Rico, you you don't want to be. I, I mean, and, and it's just it's just Mahone. shocking that you have people and these kids are falling out of throws. Yeah. 
for no reason, thrown across their body. Oh, backwards. And, and at arm. the end of the day, it's great to practice some of that stuff and, and that. But I can tell you, if you're moving around properly in practice, you're going to get plenty of you off. You don't want that to be your regular delivery. No, no. So Mizzou, uh, 5-0, and not, you know, you can't say that they're like belong in the top 10. Some of them have been close, but they, mm-hmm. they're winning. Winning is winning. Yep. doesn't matter. They're doing well. Up, though, uh, next, uh, a pretty good test. LSU comes to town. Yeah. Three and two LSU. And it's a sellout, and there's going to be a ton of recruits there. Yeah. Kids are hitting me up all the time, telling me that they're going to be there for a game day visit. And so this is this is this really is a coming out party. You and, win here. Well, can you name another SEC team that has more St. Louis kids that we're going to see on that no. team on an opposing team? And here's the thing: when Mizzou has St. Louis kids as their stars, they win. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And that's so you back got to Pinkle going back before that. Right. And so you have those guys. And then LSU comes to town. They have um, Mac Markway, Makai yeah. Wingo. Are you talking about? Yes, yeah, Seth Marcion. Oh, you're talking about the other Tigers. The, the other Tigers, the ones in purple, right? right. So they, they, I mean, I don't know that there's another SEC team that has that no. many St. Louis kids you're, on it. You're right. And right. and then you have uh, Seth and I think uh, Ja'Kalen Johnson, right? right? He's yeah. there too as yeah. well. So four or five guys. Um, Mac Markway is playing quite a bit. I mean, he's a stud, yeah, excellent, excellent player. Um, but I think it is interesting because you have guys that are St. Louis, you know, born and raised, and they're playing for a different school. And I think that's you know part of Mizzou's mission is to let those guys understand that the the guys that are recruiting, like, hey, stay here. Oh, there's going to be a lot of that. Stay here, and I can tell you, you know, winning uh, breeds winning, right? And, and some of the phone calls, there's, I got a phone call this weekend that I will not divulge who it was. Super excited about Mizzou football, and um, if he's excited, that's really good for the future of Mizzou football, mm, right? So it's can, one of those I think things. I can guess who that. And I think that's what's cool about it is it's local, and it's 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 something that you can do. That's not to say that kids can't go other places and have success, right? And and, and they should. They should go where they're comfortable. But I think it's an exciting time to get Mizzou back on the national stage, and if they can come out and, and play a solid game and win. Uh, they'll be going against Robert Steeples, a former player of ours right. and, and a, a former St. Louis and former elite football f- coach and, and flag football coach, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, he he's, he's coaching the DBs there. He's an excellent coach and, and, uh, former tiger. He's going to get, yeah. get back there and, 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 uh, be in his own stomping talk grounds. About, talk about time flying. We were talking about the season plan. I remember when Robert was a junior in high school at a Mizzou camp and talking to him, scouting him, getting his information yeah. stuff like that. And here he's we are wearing now. a headband. He's yeah. a headband yeah, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. I remember his vertical leap was outrageous. Heck of an athlete, yeah. four five forty guy. Yeah. I actually went to his pro day mm-hmm. and, and down at Memphis cause he played his last year at Memphis and uh, he, he killed it. I mean, absolutely killed it. There was like a thunderstorm getting ready to come up where they ran their forties outside Nice backdrop. I mean, oh, it was yeah. crazy. And, and yeah, a very, yeah, they probably shouldn't even have been out there, but they had to get it in. Yeah. And uh, he he did a great job and, and represented himself really well. And it was a really fun day to get to see him do that. But where he's gone in his coaching career is really impressive. He's been in the NFL already. He's now, you know, he's been a state championship high school coach. Nothing NFL. but an upward trajectory. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he's, he's and got coach college football in the future, possibly. Yeah. For sure. So one of the kids that's going to be at Mizzou game day visit, I was at his game on Saturday. I 
across the river and went over and checked out uh, East St. Louis against Belleville West. Uh, Keelan LeGrant, who we're both familiar yep. with, another elite football combine uh, yeah, participant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tell me he's going to be up there for that game. And I was at that game, and I got to tell you what, East St. Louis was impressive. Uh, it was really no contest. They blanked them. Yeah. It was like 63 to nothing when things were, were ended. And uh, But what's really impressive about them is their freshman class. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've seen a better freshman class than guys. They had the chance to play freshman quarterback, Reese Shanklin. He's solid. He's he's more than he's solid. Really solid. He's going to be. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to miss a beat over no. the next next four years. I agree. Uh, freshman running back, two freshman running backs who were just amazing. Our guy, Fresh Woods, was there, had three touchdowns. Um, you know, a wide receiver, you name it. Every position, line, you name it. And yeah. then I ran into an eighth grader who's 6'6". 300 pounds yeah you they know, got they, I, they, have I, a, they have a they have a really good thing going unbelievable i asked him i'm like i'm like so are you are you injured he's like i'm an eighth grader sir <laughs> i'm like oh whoa. It, that, i will tell you like all these middle school games it is shocking to me some of the size, size. the size of the kids Crazy. i think um it's really easy to see now and it's tough to like sometimes write off some of these guys haven't fully grown yet and you're like oh that guy looks real little and then that guy ends up being the the stud, but, but there are a lot of big kids roaming around these middle schools. A lot of huge kids. So I was at that game. I had a chance to talk to head coach Darren Sunkett following the game to get, get some uh, thoughts from him about his, the game and his team. And so coach Darren Sunkett spoke with him. Here's what he had to say. Coach thoughts on your uh, team's performance today. I thought the defense played well. They, they pretty much perform in every aspect of, uh, of the game, uh, rush defense, pass defense. Uh, we're still uh, very sloppy offensively. I don't think we're as efficient as we need to be uh, at, at this time of the season. So we still got a lot of work to do. Okay, thoughts on, on the season? Guys are off to a good start again. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's that's expected from the kids and the coaches, you know, uh, going into the season. So, you know, we just, we just got to keep going. We got to ride this wave. Uh, like I said, fix a few, a few things offensively, and uh, we'll be fine. You're still a young team. So a lot of young guys out there. Yeah, we got a great we got a great group of uh, young kids. You know, we had a, great, had a chance to see those guys uh, early in the third quarter, seeing some of the first half. You know, we, we got an outstanding young quarterback who we're trying to get some reps with uh, reps to. And uh, we just try to build for the future. Who are some of the guys that have stood out to you so far this year? You know, we had some. I don't, I don't like to name those names like that, but you team know, effort. You know, I mean, it's a team sport. Yep. We 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 we've got a nucleus, a nucleus of kids who are performing the week in week out. Is that the culture that you try to try to create here? Is is team every everybody's the same? Everybody on the same page? Yeah, everybody's on the same page. You know, you want it as competitive as you can get it. We're within the team, but you want each kid uh, to, to support each other. You know, I mean, it's a big brother, little brother uh, situation that we have. And, and the older guys support those younger guys, and, and, and vice versa. So, like I said, we got a, I think we got a great team. Uh, we got things we need to work on, and you know, we still got time. We got a few more weeks for the playoffs, a couple weeks for everything, and we'll, we'll have it right. Windy day there, but uh, thanks to Coach Sunkett. Always, always good to me. With, with regards yeah. to his his team and his kids so but man he's just just a leviathan it's yep. just a monster of a program over there yeah they, i mean they've they've pumped out you know so many great athletes but over they the do years. they have great consistency of play yeah and they are uh I'm sure those teams over in the metro east can't stand having to put oh 
if they yeah. if they see those freshmen, they're like, oh man, the coaches. Here we go. Here we go for the next four years. Because yeah. the only other teams that I've seen who have comparable freshman talent are Lee Summit North and CBC. Now, what do all what does East St. Louis, Lee Summit North, and CBC have in common? Consistency. Yeah, they win. They win. They win. Consistently win. They're yeah. always competing for for championships. Lee Summit, uh, Lee Summit North is uh, six and zero and number one in in class six. Yeah, right now. I mean, it, it. There's guys, and it's we talked about it like uh, consistency, winning tradition that tradition. breeds that breeds people want to be a part of it. Kids want to go there, right? And then that's as simple as that. Yeah, right? and I, I know it's frustrating because you know the same teams, you know, you consistently are winning, but I think it's, right. you know, you look at like, why, what, why would someone want to be at that school? Well, they want to be there because they want to be a part of that, part of that process. And I think coach Sunkett's done an awesome job. Yeah. And that's um, the process he just, he just laid yeah, out for you. Yeah. That's, that's how he sounded really similar to uh, coach Macklin a few weeks ago. Very, very, so. very high on the defense and offense just didn't do it right. And I think, what'd you say? They put up 60 something points. 63. Oh yeah. Well, which is interesting because Friday night, the night before I was at the Lutheran North and, uh, MICDS game, yeah. very similar. In fact, following that game, I spoke with head coach Kyle Wagner and he said some very similar stuff. He was not happy about about the end result and, and here he had a nice little win here's uh head coach kyle wagner luther north here with luther north head coach kyle wagner thoughts on tonight's game big big victory undefeated teams yeah man uh micds is a tough team um my my team man i think we we didn't put together a full game i think we still haven't put together a full game um first half our offense kind of sputtered a little bit, had a couple of uh, key drops, and then second half, our defense struggled a little bit. So um, still looking forward to that moment where we put together a full game uh, to, to see what we can really be. Uh, but all in all, anytime you beat a, a great team like that, you know, you want to want to kind of be happy about it, but we got to get ready for next week too. we play Maryville, so. 46 to 21, and you guys aren't happy. Guys on your team, I, I talked to all said that they could do better. Yeah, I mean, we've set a high standard for this team. Um, from the, the summer to the way we work, uh, I just I've seen what they're capable of, and uh, tonight, you know, they they didn't play to that that level, and I think they know that. I think that they feel that, and uh, part of it is just our preparation. So we have to prepare a little bit better next week. Uh, you know, we play a great quarterback, great receivers, and uh, we got to be ready to go. Uh, we haven't played a team that can throw the ball as well as this team throws the ball, so it'll be another good test for us. We spoke after the first game. You guys shut out Hazelwood Central. How has your team matured from then to now? Um, I, one, I think they believe. Um, I think they believe in how great they can be. Um, and, and I think that that's huge for us. Uh, anytime you can win a game like this and everybody leaves unhappy, I think it, it bodes well for the way we're going to work in this next week and uh, continuing to do the work. Um, these guys, they haven't taken anybody lightly, um, which I, I'm proud of, but I do. I want to see them put together a, a full four quarters. I think it can be really scary. So hopefully we do it at the right time. You guys have played a really tough schedule, though. Beating Francis Howell, beating Hazelwood Central, beating a good Blair Oaks team yeah. at their place. And now you're going on the road. It's, the game's in Macon, right? Uh, it actually got moved to Chillicothe, Missouri. Chillicothe, Missouri. Yeah. Okay. A little farther out. A little bit further. A little bit further out. Uh, what do you know about Maryville and, and your thoughts on that game? Uh, I mean, they've been to state championships several times over the last 10 to 12 years. Matt Webb is a Hall of Fame coach. Um, Quinlan, their quarterback, lit us up last year. We pulled it out on the last you know, block at the end of the game, walk off. 
Uh, their receivers, they have three or four great receivers. Um, they're always tough up front. Um, and you know they're they're a championship caliber football team, and we better we better bring everything we got in order to win that football game. Guys on your team tonight that stood out to you? Uh, I say uh, as as much you know I got pretty upset with Dakari, but he ended up with five touchdown passes and 319 yards. Um, it didn't feel like it, but you know that's just because of the high standard I hold him to. So he put together another great game, took care of the ball, didn't turn it over. Um, I think he's now at 17 touchdown passes with no interceptions, uh, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Keon Gibson had a big interception, had a big fumble recovery that kind of got everything started that he that he ran back. Uh, and then I say uh, Mike Clark, he's now had two big games in a row where he just, I mean, big plays, man, using his speed. Um, I was proud of him because he had two early drops where he should have had big plays and then the second half he made them. So. Dakari just keeps getting better. How good can he be? Um, I was – you know, kind of joking with the guys, man. They told me he had five touchdowns. Like I thought he would, I thought he would throw for you know seven to nine tonight. Um, so I think his his ceiling is incredible. I think he's a power five, you know, quarterback. Um, great legs, great arm. He's he's tough to game plan for. So um, his his I mean his ceiling is is incredible. So I just I hope he gets to that point at some point in one of these big games, man, and and just does something that's extraordinary. Amazing, right? We so we see it. We see it from him right there, just like we saw from Coach Sanke, Coach Macklin. They don't settle. They're not happy with the end product unless it's perfection. I know that feeling as a coach. <laughs> I mean, it, it, <clears throat> I mean exactly what he's talking about. You have that feeling of you know what you can be, and when you don't hit at every phase. Oh yeah. Um, those are the ones you you remember, right? You remember the drops, or you remember the. You know, you don't really fixate on the things you do really well right. as a coach, and I think that's uh, pretty common with guys that you know are competitive and want to win and, and know that they're building towards the end of the season. And I think, right. you know, sometimes it's that that first inclination to say, "Oh, well, yeah, we won," but coach, just, just enjoy the victory, right? Um, I think that there's more to it than that, right? Because when you're trying to build towards a championship season you know what can lie ahead because it's only going to tighten down the deeper you get into the year. So uh, I, I certainly can respect where he's coming from. It's that kind of drive that breeds success. Yep. Right. And you got to expect that from your players. And if they buy into it, that's when you, you have that level of success. Yeah. So, so great to hear from, from him. Big game against Maryville. I don't know why it was in going to be in Macon, but now it's moved a little further to Chillicothe against uh, Maryville. Very good team, really yeah. good quarterback. They do really throw the ball well. So that's going to be interesting. Just test after test after test for this Lutheran North team. Yep. Um, they played MICDS on Friday. I spoke to one of the, the top players for the uh, Rams on MICDS, yep. Lucas Allgaier. Uh, at 6'6", 255. He dropped a little weight. He was about 265 last year. Offensive tackle, defensive end. For the Rams and uh, Lucas updated me on his recruitment and here's what he had to say. I'm Lucas Allgaier, uh, class of 2025. I'm a D lineman and offensive tackle at uh, MICDS and I have five offers from Marshall, Tulane, Toledo, Miami of Ohio, and Navy. And what position are schools recruiting you as? Um, they're recruiting at both but I'm getting a lot of O-line. Uh, game day visits coming up. I'm actually heading out of here tonight to go to Kentucky tomorrow. Any other game day visits planned down the uh, line? KU and uh, K-State. And when are those? Uh, the following two weeks. These schools that you're hearing from that you don't have offers from? Um, Duke University, Iowa, and um, a couple others. What's your height and weight? 
Uh, I'm 6'6", 255. You like playing on the offensive line? Love it. As much as the defensive line? Hey, I'm an athlete. I play where they want me to play, and I'll, nope. make, I'll do what I need to do. No preference in college? No. So another young athlete from, from the state of Missouri, from the St. Louis area, getting heavily recruited. You know, a bunch of SEC schools that he mentions in there, you know, big, big 10 schools, you know, big 12 schools. Good size athlete, moves well. Incredible yeah, yeah. athlete. Yeah. At 6'6", 260, he, you know, you're talking about a kid who's got a 10-2 broad jump. You know. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's tough for people to quite understand. Like, you know, I think there's so much parity when you get to college and, and the pros, and it looks like everybody's moving at the same speed, which they relatively are. But they are high performing individuals, and you start to tease that out in high school guys, and that that are that size that can move like the small guys. I mean, you're a receiver or a DB, and you broad jump ten foot two. That's a big deal. Yeah. Right. Let alone being 6'5", 255. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. a big difference. Yeah, defensive end, offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they're looking for, that kind of explosiveness, that yep. kind of athleticism on that. So another big week of, of recruiting and, and high school football games. Like I said, guys are going to be all over the place on, on game day visits. Uh, Tristan Abram, who we know we spoke yep. about, uh, CBC, going to be at Minnesota. Gabe Cunningham. Uh, from Wentzville Holt, a teammate yep. of Mason Burke and, and Quinn Brown is going to be at Iowa State. I talked about Key LeGrant going to be at Mizzou. Garrett Jackson, all these names sound yeah, familiar to you? Yeah. Going to be yeah. going to be at Kansas. I and mean, this is not on purpose. This is just how yeah. it works out, folks. Not, I'm not mentioning these names just because we are so familiar with them because they, a lot of them train it's at the same guys. Yeah. Same guys. Dylan Duff, I know. I don't know when he, he's going to go down to Duke uh, fairly soon, but I know they were in to, to see him. And, and They like uh, him a lot. Yep. They like him. He's real similar to the guy they got called, the signal caller they have right now. So Exactly. And then uh, high school football, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, unbeaten still surprisingly left. Yeah. Just hanging around. You know, the the, the you, you have Dismet, who we were talking about, Lee Summit North, who we were talking about, it's unbeaten, Nixa, Oak Park, Sackman. Not real familiar with Sackman. Yeah. I know a little bit about them. Yeah. A little surprising at 6 and 0. They, they have a solid program. I mean, they lost they, some good pro- they uh, really players did. from last yeah. year. Ruble was a, was, a, was a man amongst boys. And, but I think they run a good system that, that probably fits their athletes extremely well. Right. And they're hard to match with. Um, uh, you know, they had a signature win last year against SLU. That was a big one. And I think that probably gave them a lot of confidence, too. Exactly. Uh, Cardinal Ritter, still undefeated. Lebanon, Missouri, St. Dominic. Uh, Luther North, who we spoke about, heard from Coach Wagner. Hillsboro, a team that does not get yeah. the, the, the due that it They it should. Uh, they absolutely should. Great coach down there. Really talented, big time player. Yeah, Coach Sikorsky's an absolute um, gem. I mean, great, great guy. He is a really solid person coaching football that yes. understands the game, has a solid uh, understanding of why they're doing it, and they push their kids. They have an excellent weightlifting program. Um, they do a lot of stuff where, quite honestly, they they are very dominant, and and they gave. Cardinal Ritter, I remember watching that game last year, run for their money, and it was a heck of a game. But they have a bunch of kids that make the trek up. Yeah. Uh, both both his sons come in and Is he one running back, linebacker? Yeah. Slash. Uh, yeah uh, Coach Takarsi's son, Chase, is an Chase. absolute animal. He's a, he is an animal. He's an animal. He, I mean, he is uh, put together. He, he's a he's a high-level guy who's going to play college football. Whoever gets him is going to be really lucky. Loves the weight room. Both the boys, the, yeah. the brown Catch. boys. Yeah. Know. 
You made the, Peyton and Preston. Both did. of the Browns studs. are D1 players. Yes, for Peyton, sure. Peyton, the running back, linebacker. Yep. Preston, quarterback, yep. he's part of that really, really talented 2025 mm-hmm. quarterback, quarterback class. Yep. And he's not getting a lot of attention, not getting a lot of notoriety, except right now here on the Football 360 show. Yeah. We're going to talk about him, and we're going to be talking about him and Peyton. Yeah. More coming up. Both, both really hardworking you know, kids. I mean, that, their whole solid class of kids that come in and work out, um, you know, they, they'll come to St. Louis to train. I mean, it's not a, it's not a short trip. Um but I think it's really cool because they get to mix with guys from all over the region and they're and they're buddies with them. And they played seven on seven with Midwest Boom, which is our our team, which shameless plug. We do have a mm-hmm. uh, tryout coming up on uh, November 12th. It's a Sunday, um, a little bit earlier than we've done it in years past. But uh, indoor space is really hard to come by uh, this time of year. And uh, we have a partnership and, and, and Blue Fuse Athletic and. They helped us out and got us some field space and nice, really good guys. And, and uh, it's a great venue. And we've been, we've been running events at the old Rams Park, which is now Lou Fuse Athletic, since the Rams were here. We used to be like the exclusive back in the day and get access to that space when nobody was getting into it. And now it's more of a, a public uh, space with Lou Fuse having it. It's more community-oriented and uh, just a great experience. And, you know, what, is that, what is that day? Uh, it's Sunday, November the 12th somebody's interested two to 4 p.m and and one of the things that's really neat this could be cool it's a very big differentiator between us and any of the other clubs in the midwest Uh, all the kids are familiar with ot7 which is the hottest uh seven on seven uh circuit um you know midwest boom is the only um ot7 team that's in the midwest so uh that we represent and they they, you know our midwest boom kids that that play on our st louis team um, we'll be trying out to be make make that team to, to be on the OT7 circuit. And uh, there, there's some really big things coming out of that. And J.R. Nicklos, who's the founder of, of Boom, who who I used to train when he was a St. Louis Ram, we'll have him on the on the show. He's the innovator. He he is uh, there, uh, you know, I, I know I'm biased, but you know, there's there's no one in the game that has a bigger, more productive name and, and powerful name than Midwest Boom when it comes to helping kids be validated by uh, by the program, right? Which then college coaches obviously place stock in that. And I tell kids all the time, like, look, you got to use seven on seven for what it's worth. It's off season reps, it's developmental. Um, but at the same time, you want to get something out of it, right? If, if your goal is to be a guy, I mean, we have, I was talking to Brady Cook about it last night. I mean, you know, Brady Cook, um, you know, Isaiah Williams was did it. It was uh, CD Lamb was, was a member of the team. We have, Kyron Williams, who's who's in the NFL, Tony Adams, yeah. you know, yep. guy after guy and team after team that, you know, our St. Louis guys and the Chicago guys combined and, and make super teams. Uh, it's really cool. And it, it, it takes us to a different level. And I think, you know, as kids start to explore that offseason, I also think that you need to be realistic about it, though. Uh, it's not college coaches cannot go to seven on seven events. So if they're going to see in your Twitter bio that you're a member of Midwest Boom, they know what that is. They can't come watch you play. So I think a lot of people lie and tell kids that that's part of the process. It's not. They, they cannot be there. It's against the rules. So you will not see college coaches, Division One, FBS, FCS guys at those tournaments. You just won't. Um, some of the smaller schools you will, you will see, but they don't get out because a lot of times it's during their spring period. Right. You'll see me there. 
Yeah, I show yeah. up. I show up. Yeah, yeah. JP's there. I mean, and uh, you know, the thing is, and is like you, you don't have to go play for a team from California or Florida. No, right? Not at all. I mean, there's, there's what that. Jr. is built in, in in you here. It's 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 yeah. I mean, they were one play away from Midwest. being in the in the final of the OT seven last year, yep. right? And uh, you know, we have a, a proud a proud partnership, and, and we got a, a partnership with Adidas, which is really cool. It's one of the yeah. signature the programs. So top, much good seven on seven football. Yeah. Up here, and I remember when it was just starting out. It's crazy to what it's what it's become. Yeah, uh, really interesting. So the the first seven on seven team in St. Louis, we we ran with the St. Louis Rams, and we did it for four years, right? And so the top twelve kid, we picked twelve kids from the St. Louis region, and uh, they, they represented the St. Louis Rams versus the other NFL teams, right? So we played the likes of Leonard Fournette, and you know, you name the NFL guys, they were there, like they were as kids. And uh, we were the Rams, St. Louis Rams, seven on seven team through the high school player development program, the NFL ran. And they would fly the team out. Really cool deal. We would select uh, about 2,000 kids would come to our camps, and then we would select 12. And myself and a guy named Kyle Eversger with the Rams would do that. And it was a really big deal. And it's a who's who of that time period of those those guys that played with us. But we had, so we had a out of, uh, what, 48 kids that we selected over those four years, over 20 of them played in the NFL. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. And I, I would say that we had a pretty good beat on who was who. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I think experiences like that too, where the kids are in there, they're getting taught, they're learning, they're going at a higher level. That's where seven on seven helps. Yeah. It really helps keep hone your skills, keep yeah. you, you know, keep, keep you on that upward trajectory learning, and if you look at seven on seven from that aspect, that is a good thing. Yeah, and you want. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing is like it, it's like club baseball teams they pop up all all the time, and I think people see it as like it's a money making opportunity, and it could not be further from the truth. It's it's a developmental, and it's it, really from us. We'd rather train athletes and develop them in house because we know that it works. But getting our quarterbacks out and receivers out to run routes and throw, I mean, oftentimes some of our, our practices are way more competitive. I mean, you know, a guy like Orion Wingo showed up to practice seven, eight times last year, was running routes so he can get live reps against guys. Yeah. You know, he didn't need to play in the tournaments. There's no real reason to do that when you're a five-star guy. Right. But, um, but yeah, he's getting reps with his buddies. And that's, and that's important. It's really important. It's huge. So no, no New Year's Eve tryout this year. Uh, no, probably not this year. Darn. But but there's well, that's the tryout one. We'll have another one in December. Yeah, so you never know. It might be. <laughs> it might be. Got something to look forward to. Uh, so great games to to see undefeated teams there in Nevada. Our guy Talon Chandler down uh, there. He's he's hitting me up all the time. He's like, you got to come on down. We're playing Lamar. I'm like Lamar. Yeah. No, I'm like you know they're playing that just unbelievable team. I, I didn't Talent. see the video yet. Did you see it? Uh, I, I didn't about, see it like yet. 17 pancakes. Yeah, he's got 17 pancakes. I mean, yeah. Talon's just a stud. I mean, he's a kid that started training as a little guy um, and then, you know, was a linebacker for many years. Yeah. And then he experimented. He wanted to yeah. be, a, you know, a tight end, and he did seven on seven. He wanted to be him. a linebacker yeah. and all that, and, and uh, uh, we had a good time with it. And then he kept growing and getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. But, again, one of the top-rated centers in the country. Right? Going to Colorado. Going to Colorado. Um, going to play for uh, prime time. Yep, prime time, and Coach Bill O'Boyle, which those guys are just you know class acts, and they're doing a great job. And talent, they got on him fast. You know, Coach Pond, who's our O line coach, best in uh, the business, best Absolute in the business, made, business. Made a phone call to Coach no O'Boyle and said, "Hey, look, I got this kid, Talon Chandler. I think you'll love him." You know, and and 
There's other guys, uh, the kid that Bill O'Boyle missed on, and and he, he'll talk about it all the time. When he was at uh, Kent State, Josh Baker. Oh, and they had him. I mean, they had him like like uh. like, like he was. Clo- I mean, he was going to do it, and then he ended up the last second going to Arizona. And uh, you know, Talon is very reminiscent of a uh, young Josh, Josh Baker. Big Absolutely. lower body, very good technically, yep. and can just flat out play. But yeah, he's down there dominating guys. Josh is, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and, and, and Talon as well. I mean, Talon, they're both Talon, just, just Talon as well. Yeah, both excellent. both of them are. And, and and Talon, what I like to say is he's Josh mechanical mechanics with a really mean streak. I mean, mm. he loves nasty. to stack his pancakes. Yes, he does. He's nasty. He loves putting guys in, into the turf. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're still undefeated. Um, so I think that uh, I think that we've pretty much touched on everything, except you wanted to bring up. About- you know, you're speaking of putting people in the turf. Like a couple of weeks ago, we we had a, a deal where a young man went too far on the uh, field and, and and hit another young man with, took his helmet off of him. And when he was defenseless and hit him with, hit him with his own helmet. Yeah. And we have uh, some video of, of something that took place down in uh, Dallas, Texas uh, this past week. It was at Whitney high school and their head coach is uh, David Haynes. And as you watch the video, it's pretty, it's pretty disturbing. Um, the young man, see an arrow on him. He's going to, you know, make a play mm-hmm. and he get he bumps the referee the referee takes his helmet off his head, and then, to make matters worse, he rips it from him and then flags him and ejects him from the game. That's so crazy. the Texas, you know, interscholastic or whatever they call it, university that I forgot the name of it, they're now reviewing it. But that that was the head coach's son who got his helmet ripped off. So clearly, then the mom was filming it when it happened. I mean, the, the kid. And the ref's defense was that uh, he felt though he was being targeted and run into. Hmm. Unfortunately, this play looks like he, the kid did nothing of the sort. He just was dr- going to pass drop. Yeah. Obviously, you kind of got to be aware of the referee. It looks like he was trying to run by him. Yeah, and, and he grabbed him by his face mask, and, and it wasn't like he kept continuing into him. So things like that obviously give football kind of a tainted view um, but those are few and far between. But I think it's I've never seen anything like that, and I thought it was something that at least bring up because that's crazy. I mean, I, I just cannot imagine watching that happen to my, my no, son it, on the it, field or a player on my team. Oh yeah. I mean, good composure by the coach. If he didn't run out there oh, yeah, and, yeah. and do something about that, Yeah, but you know, you could hurt somebody pulling their helmet. It does. <laughs> they can get off their head. I imagine if the, you deep dig deep into the backstory, yeah. there's some kind of history there between yeah. that ref and that coach, Yeah, which you, you see it all the time. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, not yeah, a lot, but you, you there's 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 obviously some, some words probably that get said during games, and I think Absolutely. that's you know, a lot of that's just due to competitiveness and and uh, but you know you got to learn sometimes to leave that line you can't cross it. Absolutely. So that'll do it this week for the Football 360 Show. Great to have you joining us. First time live. A little bit of hiccup might have been my part. If if that's the case, I apologize for that. But I think that we. We smoothed out the edges, and hopefully the plan is to be every week, yeah, every Tuesday. Tuesday. And make sure you're liking, sharing, subscribing. Absolutely. I mean, we're getting a tremendous response out of the uh, the reels on Instagram. We're getting yep. a lot of people watching those and uh, like, you know, interacting. Subscribe on, on YouTube. Go to the uh, socials, at 360football on X, and at 360football on Instagram as well. And if you're interested in advertising, uh, please contact our, our, our gal, Megan Biggs at 360 football. 
show.com megs at 350footballshow.com if you're interested in advertising with us like wonderful wentes does yep. which sounds pretty good right about now yeah. and uh we're gonna go ahead and talk to you next week so thanks for joining us see you then <laughs>